The 17 News at Sunrise podcast is brought to you by Clinica Sierra Vista. Welcome back to the 17 News at Sunrise podcast, where we share your news on your schedule. Working in the spirit of the Golden Empire, this is 17 News at Sunrise. Good morning here at 5 a.m. It's a finally Friday. Thanks for waking up with us. I'm Maddie Jansen alongside Alex Fisher. Sheriff's Office announced the death of one of its canines yesterday inside Bakersfield Veterinary Hospital yesterday afternoon, where the dog was taken after showing signs of distress. The dog got its final send off shortly after. I truly enjoyed demonstrations with the community and children of Kern County to show just how great the life of a police service dog really was. You truly were the definition of a man's best friend. You will be solely missed by your community, your partners in law enforcement, and your family at home. Rest easy, buddy. We've got it from here. KCSO says the canine and its handler were involved in a search for a possible shooting suspect in the area of Panama and Habecker Roads around 11 o'clock yesterday morning. It was then the dog began to show signs of distress. The dog was rushed to the emergency animal hospital where he died. We're still waiting to hear the name of the canine and how the dog died. 17 Court Watch Now, the murder trial is underway for two teens accused of starting a fire at the Porterville Library that killed two firefighters in 2020. On February 18, 2020, flames engulfed the Porterville Public Library. Two 15-year-olds awaiting their fate as the prosecution played audio recordings of the boys' conversation in the back of the cop car. The two originally denied being in the library at first, but new body camera footage showed the two juveniles admitting to being inside the library that day and lighting a piece of paper on fire. One of the firefighters killed, Ray Figueroa, was from Delano. On that actual day, at 8 o'clock in the morning, he had called me and said, Hey, Dad, let's get together for breakfast tomorrow after I get off watch. And I said, well, I told him, okay, we'll get together. But then that never happened. Day three of the trial picks up later today. Also in your car watch this morning for the second time in two years, former McFarland High basketball coach Fernando Perneda was sentenced to prison yesterday after trying to meet up with a teen boy for sex. Perneda was sentenced to three years in prison after pleading no contest last month to three felony counts. The former coach was arrested in an online sting operation in November. Court records show Perneda planned to meet someone he believed was a 14-year-old boy for sex. Back in 2018, Pernada was arrested after a freshman basketball player told police the coach pursued him for a sexual relationship and touched him inappropriately. That case was resolved in October 2020 when Pernada pleaded no contest to contacting a minor to commit a sexual offense. And a woman who was charged with felony DUI is causing injury after driving with a blood alcohol level of nearly six times the legal limit. And she was sentenced to 15 days in jail and five years of probation yesterday. 56-year-old Michelle K. De Los Santos crashed into and seriously injured another driver October 28, 2021. Her BAC was a .458. The legal limit in California is .08. The current high school district says Frontier High School was put on lockdown after a man was found near the school with a gun. The district says a campus supervisor found the man in the student parking lot around 9.45 yesterday morning. An officer for the school district responded to the scene and the man was arrested on Olive Drive a short time after. School officials say there was no indication that man intended to enter campus. A second victim has died after they were shot at a motel in South Bakersfield. That shooting happened Sunday night outside a room at the Vagabond Inn on Colony Street. 
Investigators say one woman, Erica Lairs, died shortly after that shooting. Meantime, Cristobal Hernandez was rushed to the hospital in critical condition, but officials say Hernandez died of his wounds the next day. 23-year-old Vicente Nico Williams was arrested and charged with first-degree murder and attempted murder in connection to this shooting. He pleaded not guilty and is due back in court at the end of the month. And a 67-year-old Bakersfield man was convicted of raping and killing two women in the 1980s. Officials say it's the first case in Los Angeles County that used investigative genetic genealogy. Jurors found Horace Van Vaults guilty of two counts of first-degree murder. Van Vaults killed 22-year-old Mary Dugan on June 9, 1986 in Burbank. He was also convicted of killing 20-year-old Selena Keough in July of 1981 in Montclair. 506 now and gun control was front and center at the state capitol yesterday. Democratic lawmakers voiced support for President Biden's executive order meant to help regulate ghost guns. The legislation takes effect next week and requires ghost guns to be to have a traceable serial number and the owners of the guns will need to go through a background check. The group of lawmakers all in agreement gun violence in California and across the nation has gotten out of control. We need to make sure that we take these weapons of war out of the streets and out of our communities, and we want to make sure that we keep our communities safe. Critics of the legislation point out California already has some of the strictest gun laws in the nation, arguing more gun control would not be effective. It's time for your FFX Game of the Week, powered by SCOE, your Southern California Orthopedic Institute. All right, the high school football season kicked off yesterday, but for players across the county, tonight is going to be the first Friday under the lights. 17's Chris Burton brings us all a look at this season's first FFX game of the week. Chris? Alex, Maddie, the first game of the season, it's always a tough one, but it's a little tougher when your first snaps come, come against the best quarterback in the nation. The Garces Rams were riding high last season when a 6-3 record led to a Division I playoff berth. But after a first-round playoff exit, Garces players say they are itching to get back on the field. This year, our team came back hungrier, and, um, you know, we haven't skipped a beat at all. I think we actually uh, improved from last year. To get their season started, head coach Paul Gala, notorious for scheduling tough matchups, has given his boys some light work. It's just Los Alamitos, one of the top teams in California, led by the best quarterback recruit in the nation. The, the preseason, it's, it's a tough one, you know, and our, and our kids understand that, so the, hopefully that brings up the intensity of practice, the sense of urgency is. But Garces doesn't seem phased by cannon-armed Malachi Nelson and the rest of the Los Al Griffins rolling in tonight. Just excitement, and we don't even care about how much... You know, yeah, he could be the best, but it's a, we're playing ourselves at the end of the day. And the Rams have some firepower of their own. A pair of star brothers, Jelani and Julian Juju Smith, lead a Garcia squad that also features a defensive back turned running back in David Smith and a freshly transferred quarterback in Jordan Gallegos. Gala hoping this first game against some of the top talent in the state sets the tone for another playoff-bound season. We want to be not one of the top teams in the Valley, but here in the state. La, La Salle was, was a, a, a great choice for us. It's the Garces Rams against the Los Alamitos Griffins. This is your FFX Game of the Week. 
And of course, the, the season kicked off with three games yesterday. So let's take a look at last night around the county. The Highland Scots behind QB Jojo Mata took care of Stockdale 24 to 14. Frontier started the season strong at home. They had no problem handling the North Stars. 35-13 Titans quarterback Malachi Statler had four touchdowns in that game. And a good night for all Titans, it seems, as the Chavez Titans took care of business in Arvin. The final score there, 26 to nothing. And we will, of course, have a full slate of games tonight as programs around the county kick off their season. Taylor will be live out at Garces for our game of the week, and he'll have a recap of all the action tonight on FFX at 11:11. In studio, Chris Burton, 17 News. Now to Washington, where the ramifications of legal maneuvering uh, could affect national politics. A Florida judge has ruled on unsealing the affidavit in the FBI search of former President Trump's Florida home and club. NBC's Susan McGinnis has more. Judge Bruce Reinhardt ready to reveal parts of the affidavit in the unprecedented search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, ordering the Justice Department to redact portions of the highly sensitive document. The Department of Justice doesn't want it out because it will undermine their investigation. The government argued unsealing could compromise witnesses and have national security implications. If you didn't know it was a former president, you would have thought it was a mob boss. So they're talking about how witnesses are threatened and how obstruction of justice could occur. The former president, media outlets, including NBC News and Republicans, have called for the complete unsealing. The judge giving the Department of Justice basically carte blanche uh, opportunity to redact however they want and whatever they want. Uh, it is a concern. A Trump spokesman tweeting, no redactions should be necessary. And five months on Rikers Island, five years probation and fines. The punishment for Trump Organization CFO Alan Weiselberg pleading guilty Thursday to tax fraud. Fifteen felonies, including avoiding taxes on lavish perks like Mercedes cars, free rent and private school tuition. Weiselberg's plea deal requiring him to testify at the company trial in October, but does not compel him to testify against former President Trump. Weiselberg decided that he would rather be a convicted felon that snitch against the former president. President Trump turning the negative attention into a positive, raising millions per day from donors. And sources familiar with the matter tell NBC News there are discussions inside Trump world about whether to release surveillance video of the FBI search. In Washington, Susan McGinnis, NBC News. Also making news around the nation, Las Vegas police released dramatic footage of a chase with a violent suspect that involved multiple carjacking attempts and a shootout with officers. The man then attempted to steal another car. The suspect was eventually taken into custody after he intentionally crossed over lanes of traffic to ram a canine patrol vehicle head on. The officer and his canine partner are okay. The suspect is facing multiple charges, including attempted murder. Now to news around the state in two planes crashed in a California town yesterday afternoon, resulting in the death of multiple people. The FAA reported that a single engine Cessna 152 and a twin engine Cessna 340 crashed while the pilots were on their final approaches to Watsonville Municipal Airport in Santa Cruz. One person was on board the Cessna 152 and two people were on board the Cessna 340. One witness noted the horrific nature of the crash. 
it wasn't like they just barely rubbed up against each other. It was almost like a missile hitting another plane. It's so sad. I mean, those people were just enjoying a beautiful day and, you know, I'm no aviation expert, but it just seems like bad luck in an accident, you know. No injuries were reported to anyone on the ground. However, CHP did close down some roads. More details surrounding the crash are developing. Authorities responded to an underground vault explosion in Los Angeles yesterday. The explosion happened around 2 p.m. in the Hollywood Hills area, close to the Universal Studios backlot. The LA Fire Department said there was no active fire hazard and the power was confirmed off upon arrival, adding that five men were found alert and conscious and were taken to, uh, taken to the hospital for treatment with a mixture of burn and smoke inhalation injuries. None of those injuries appears to be life-threatening. More information surrounding the cause is still under investigation. Many of us in Kern County have been dealing with those mosquitoes known as ankle biters. Well, it's no longer just a Kern County problem. Those pesky insects are now all over the state. Officials say the species called Aedes aegypti are very aggressive during the day and they can be difficult to locate. These specific species are originally found in West Africa and can transmit Zika, dengue and yellow fever. The mosquito can be found in over two dozen counties here in California, and officials say they want to make sure the mosquitoes don't spread further. Tip out anything that's holding water that shouldn't. Cans, buckets, containers, bird baths, um, pet water bowls. And these invasive species, they actually lay individual eggs on the inside of these small containers, and they can actually stick to them. So in addition to tossing the water, we're asking residents to actually scrub out the containers to um, better you know, uh, succeed at eliminating the eggs. Your time is 539 now. Governor Gavin Newsom today announced a $4.7 billion effort to increase access to mental health services for young people. The Master Plan for Kids Mental Health is aimed at helping kids and other Californians up to age 25. The funding creates new virtual platforms and establishes a pipeline to add 40,000 new mental health workers in the state. The 17 News at Sunrise podcast is a production of KGET and Nexstar Media Group. For more on all of the headlines in today's show, head to KGET.com.